Psalm for today is Psalm 26, and it's found on page 498. Page 498 in your prayer book, Psalm 26. I'll read the first half and then respond with the second half. Give judgment for me. O Lord, for I have lived with integrity. Test me, O Lord, and try me. For your love is before my eyes. I have not sat with the worthless. I have hated the company of evil doors. I will wash my hands in innocence, O Lord. Singing aloud a song of thankful thanksgiving. As for me, 
I will live with integrity. Together, my foot stands on level ground. In the full assembly, I will bless the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Shut 
continue to enlighten us as we seek to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. My sermon this morning is based on our gospel reading for today, for Mark. I want to look at three points the gospel made. Divorce, hardness of heart, and receiving the kingdom of God as a child. And these are the verses, Mark chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, and 15 and 16, and they read. They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. Verse 15, truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The title of my sermon this morning is Our Opinion Dies. God's truth lives on. I love a good wedding ceremony. The husband waiting anxiously for his bride to arrive. Sometimes the bride is very late, which further adds to the anxiety. I have witnessed grooms pacing the floor, wondering if his bride-to-be has changed her mind. I love the pomp and ceremony that goes along with the arrival of the bride, the vows, and then, of course, the kiss. The kiss. No one wants to miss the kiss. The couple is asked to do it over and over so that everyone can get a good picture, but the marriage does not end there. Actually, it has just begun. And to think of it ending in divorce is heartbreaking. Today's gospel invites us to think about human relationships, including marriage. This may leave many uncomfortable, either on Jesus' teaching on divorce, or on his teaching on children. It is uncomfortable if we have divorce in our personal background or part of our family history. It is uncomfortable as well for others who realize that our intact marriage does not make us better people than those whose marriage have collapsed. It is uncomfortable for those of us in any relationship that did not go the way we expected it to go. In our gospel reading, the Pharisees were challenging Jesus with a question on divorce. They were again trying to trap him in a theological debate. They were testing him in a malicious way, a way that will set him up for accusation. 
Jesus, at this time, is steadily moving closer to his destiny, closer to the moment he will lay down his life for us, his people. The Pharisees continue their effort to discredit his ability and undermine his ministry. To understand this question, we must understand from the right perspective. A couple, of in, a couple in Jesus' day did not necessarily go into marriage because of love. It was more a marriage of convenience. So the marriage was less binding. This divorce became easy. There were two basic schools of thought on this topic in Israel. Two rather famous rabbis had handed down their teaching on the matter, and most people in Israel followed one of these or the other. One of these rabbis was a, name, a man named Shammai. He taught that the only lawful reason to divorce could be granted was for adultery. The law would replace the stoning law of Leviticus 20.10, which was outlawed in the New Testament time period. The other rabbi was a man named Hillel. Hillel held a very liberal view of divorce. He taught that a man could divorce his wife for any reason at all. She took down her hair in public. If she see, if she was seen talking to another man, if she ruined the meal by burning the food, or by putting too much salt in it, my husband complained about the salt yesterday. If she spoke evil of her mother-in-law, if she was infertile, even if her husband saw a woman that he thought was. She could be divorced. For these futile acts, many of us <coughs> will be divorced today. This thought was the more popular thought then. This is clear in Matthew's account of the same encounter. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 3, they ask, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for every cause? Whatever were the motives of the Pharisees, they were interested. They were not interested in the truth. They were only interested in justifying their own actions in their own eyes. This is still the way people are today. There are lots of people who could care less about the truth. They only want to justify their wrongdoings or the wrongdoings of others or cling on to the traditions and beliefs. In the end, it does not matter what you believe about any issue. It only matters what God says about it. Our opinions will die when we do, but the word of God endures forever. If you are married and your marriage is strong, you should praise God for blessing your home 
and you should ask him to help you to divorce proof your marriage. If you are divorced, or if you are divorced and remarried, then you need to know that you are not a second class citizen. I know there are some people who treat the victims of divorce as though they had the plane. I know that people have placed a lot of restrictions on what you can do and cannot do in the church. If you have been divorced, you need to ask God to help you to be effective in whatever marital status you find yourself today. In any aspect of our lives, Jesus has never failed us if we put our total trust in him. Jesus responds to the question of the Pharisees by reminding them that only the only reason Moses gave such a command was for the hardness of the heart. The real discomfort, the real discomfort lies in the hardness of our hearts. The hardness of our hearts can damage most intimate relationships. Here I am speaking of the poor of human existence. What makes us who we truly are? This is not just for people who are divorced or who come close to doing so, but gets played out in other areas of life. A hardened heart is lost opportunity. God wants to replace hard hearts with hearts of flesh. Hearts tender and alive. Hard hearts are often mistaken as maturity and sometimes are even desired. We should be happy to know that one of the places to soften our hearts is public worship right here in this church. I hope that is why we are here today. It is an important part of our Christian discipline in order to make the soft heart that lives. If our public worship does not soften our hearts, then we worship for the wrong reason and our worship is in vain. Jesus continues his discussion with his disciples who prevented the children from coming to him. I think it, it makes sense that Jesus would follow such hard teachings about divorce and hardened hearts with, let the little children come unto me. It makes the statement about entering the kingdom of heaven. And is it not what we all are about. This is an invitation for all of us, adults and children alike. But we first have to become as children. It is obvious that as adults, we cannot enter our mother's wounds and be born, as Jesus explained to Nicodemus in John 3. So, what are we asked? do is to imitate the characters of children 
the humility, their innocence, their simplicity, their trust, their love, their obedience, and their obedience. We especially need to be obedient. Like a parent has authority over her children, over their children. So we must acknowledge that God has authority over us, his children. We ask God's presence in every form of human relationship. Let me end this message with the calling for today. And you may read it with me. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy for giving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen and Amen. Continue with the Nicene Creed. Page 104. We believe in one God.
guard him and keep him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again as we enjoy the lovely fellowship this morning. I wish you a very pleasant week.